All right, you are now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the true players broadcast, episode 141. Devin Booker has broken my heart. We're going to talk about the Clippers Phoenix Suns game. We're also going to talk about the most relevant 70 games that Drew and I have watched together. Uh, so many basketball games, so many storylines. We're going to break down everything that you need to know. And of course, we are going to give you the first team all bubble squad this week in week one. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. Excuse me. I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard What up, broadcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is a follow-through with Clips and Drew. The True Players Broadcast, episode 141. Drew had it confused with 151, the rum and pineapple juice. Um, yeah. <laughs> you were 10 off, Drew. It's okay. No, I like it. I'll do it for 131. I'll do it for 121. I just – I like the Malibu. <laughs> uh, we are doing yet another Zoom uh, broadcast. Uh, we're doing this for you. We're coming out. This is our 19th podcast this week. I feel like we're just, I, I literally, you know, I thought I was, I thought I stayed home during quarantine. Now that there's corn, now that there's quarantine and seven basketball games on every day, this is just getting, I haven't left my house. I leave my house for groceries and food yeah. and that is it and alcohol. Yeah, that's my life too. I mean, and especially with the puppy, I, I literally, I have nothing else to do. Like I, I have to be here. And uh, I'm just, I'm trying to get Kona engaged. I want to see, you know, we're trying, I'm trying to break down defense, offense to her. Mm. So she starts to, you know, conceptualize the game. She really, she could give a shit about it though. That's the unfortunate part is like, she, she's actually more content watching golf than she is any other sport at this time, which is fine. But golf only goes through Thursday through Sunday. So the other days of the week, we struggle. Well, you know, I had nightmares last night at Devin Booker, and I think we should just start with this. We should start with the two LA teams because those are our boys. Sure. Uh, Clip, Clippers, Phoenix yesterday, and I don't. I literally do not know what it is about the Phoenix Suns. We they, we lost to them this season too. Like, they got your number a little bit pre, pre-COVID. I don't even know why. Uh, they didn't look that great, but Devin Booker was so amazing. We didn't have a great game. Lou Williams came back and played. Uh, Pat Beverly, you know, sat out after the first quarter with a sore calf which i'm that bothers me you know what i mean that that scares me a little bit doc says that he's fine um it just wasn't our night and that last play like the guy that had finally a great game was zubak right like he did everything yeah. right this game um and then makes one kind of bonehead play at the end and, and that was a wrap but i don't like losing to the suns drew i don't i don't like losing to the suns you know in in these last rounds of the last couple days of games what we're seeing is is kind of to be expected a little bit. The the teams that are locked in to their, their playoff positioning at this point, you know, the Clippers are pretty locked into the two or the three seed. We're seeing that the top teams go into some of these, you know, games that are against lesser opponents, the ones that are on the fringes, and just kind of say, fuck it. Like, and, and, and you can see it. You can see the intensity level isn't the same. Now, it always picks up, right? Because In the fourth, yeah. Yeah, it always picks up because – you know, when pride is on the line, you don't want you don't want to lose to the Phoenix Suns if you're the Clippers. You don't want to lose, you know, to the to the Boston or to excuse me to the uh, Brooklyn Nets if you're the Bucks. Uh, but you know, this is this is what we're seeing, and and 
like I said, it's kind of to be expected. And, and really, the, I think the interesting part about this for those, those fringe teams is that why, like they, don't, they, don't, they have nothing really to lose at this point. So like, go ahead and, and try and you know, play as free as you can. And we're seeing that. Like they, if they lose, it doesn't really matter. If they win, it's great. And you can see, I think, you know, especially with the Suns and the, and the Nets, even the Wizards today had a pretty good game um, that they almost, they almost beat um, Philly, I think it was today. Every, the pressure's off those teams, and you're, you're seeing them be able to shoot and run and play and, and, and have fun. And, I, you know, normally that's not the case because they're constantly losing. <laughs> I know, and it's funny. I did watch some of that, some of that Washington game today, and it's like the, literally the only dude I knew on that squad was Jerome Robinson, former Clipper, who had a really great game. He's he been playing, playing really well in the bubble as well. Um, back to your point, though, like I do feel that, Kawhi is playing at like 70%. Like, you know what I mean? I, he turned it on in the fourth quarter and doing, but, but I think he's, he's load managing himself right now. Um, but, you know, Paul George looked good. It's just that shot, that last shot by Booker was phenomenal. I mean, it's a hell of a shot. And Paul George fouled him. Paul George fouled him on that one, too. So, you know, kudos to the Suns. Like, them and Washington will both only be in the bubble for another week. So it's okay. Like, right. it's, a, it, it's a good exit game for them. But I do want to start winning these basketball games. So the Lakers just lost their uh, – I think this is their 2-2 two and two now. They just lost to Oklahoma City Thunder, correct? Yep. And, of course, Hulu blocks it on ESPN, so I can watch it. I just was doing – I was refreshing box scores the whole time. You got a chance to watch it. You said that it was pretty ugly. Yeah, you know, this is, uh, this is not a big deal for the, for the Lakers at this point. We, like I mentioned, we have clinched the number one seed. The only thing that has worried me in this loss in particular and then the loss to the Raptors is the thing that may actually ruin the run that I'm, I'm projecting the Lakers to go on here and, and hopefully win a title, and that's our shooting. And that's been, that's been you know, the number one thing that we have tried to hone in on this whole season is get more consistent. And you know, in those two losses, that's really what has hurt us the most is, has been we just can't hit – the shots that were, were, were expected to hit the, the open threes that you would have. I think we were something like six of 37 from three point land in this game. And, you know, that to me is the biggest issue. So I, you know, more than the loss uh, or, or even a win, what I want is I really want our guys to get up as many shots as they can in these next, you know, what do we have left four games of these seating games to try and get more rhythm in this, in these gyms, with these, with these backgrounds. Uh, we, we've already talked about it a couple of times. Certain players are really taking to this atmosphere and, and, and shooting, you know, with this, with this kind of a background and other players are, are haven't hit stride with it yet for the Lakers. Nobody has no, <laughs> I mean, Anthony Davis had a great game against Utah, 42 points, but you know, outside of him, everyone has been really inconsistent shooting. And that, and that really was the, the big deal for, for this game. And of course, you know, like we're talking about, you know, in this matchup with Oklahoma city, they have a lot to play for right now. They're in a pretty tight, you know, uh, battle for that, you know, six, five, six seed. Um, and so they wanted to, they, they brought it, they played like a really competitive match and we just weren't there. We weren't matching it. I honestly, with, with the four games that we have remaining, I don't expect us to win all of them. I honestly kind of think we'll, we'll lose maybe two more, maybe three more because of our status at this point and, and how we have clinched the, 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 the one seed in the West. 
but more than again, more than the, the wins and the losses, the focus has to be on getting shots up for the guys that we need to score and and hopefully they can actually start finding some rhythm uh, in the next games, whether or not we win. This is the time for, uh, you know, Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, who's not getting any burn. You know, it doesn't seem like J.R. is getting any burn. Uh, Deion was 0 for 6 today, jacking the threes. These are the guys that you want to get these reps up, right? Um, I agree with you. I wouldn't be nervous about losing at all. And I'm still not nervous about losing at all. You know who makes me nervous? is listening to the guy that I used to really like, which was Nick Wright. I used to really like Nick Wright. Remember I would defend him a lot, Drew? You would. I would. I would. I really liked Nick Wright. And now, for whatever reason, bubble Nick Wright is just pisses me off left and right, okay? He did this rant today on the Clippers on how the, there's been sirens going off in the Clipper organization all season, red flags left and right. This, you know, the loss to the Suns. Should just, you know, Clippers have absolutely no chance of winning the title. I'm like, can you just shut the fuck up for a minute, Nick? Like, you're just, look, you're just looking for clickbait right now. And I used to defend him a lot. But he'll never get off the, the LeBron, the LeBron uh, dick riding ever. That's what um, made him famous. That's, like, that's, that's what got him to being on TV. Because without that, like, he was just another guy on Twitter just spewing love for LeBron James left and right. His comments, like he gets like 300 comments a post and it's all just ripping on Nick and I cannot believe it. <laughs> um, they, I want to talk about this, dude. You bring up shooting, right? Yeah. And I've pretty much watched every, I've, I've watched every single game except for the, the Laker games pretty much. And sitting here watch, I was so excited for Dame and Russ last night, Portland, Houston. And watching that game, I could not believe the amount of three-pointers this, this team takes. It's threes. Or get or threes free throws or you get to the rack quick. That's they it. shot. They're shooting fifty plus threes a night, dude. And every I couldn't believe Portland wasn't guarding the three. You know what I mean? Like why are we? Why are we? Uh, we like they're my team. But like Covington's going to shoot a three. The only guys that drive are Russ, James, and Rivers. Okay, the rest of them are just pulling. And when you think about Daryl Morey, that whole squad, Rivers. House, Covington, Harden, Ben Mack, and even Jeff Green's not taking it to the rack anymore. It's just shooting threes, dude. Um, and they, they make they make a, a high clip, you know, but if you shoot, if you're shooting 55 threes a night, Drew, that is just out of this world, right? Yeah, that's the only way that that, that small ball thing works. But you can see what happens when, when they miss their shots, right? I mean, this game, they only scored 102 points and they lost to the Blazers because they only shot 35% from three. And they shot 53 three-pointers. And they only had 87 total shots. So, like, when, when Covington shoots 11 threes and only makes two, and Harden only goes three of eight, like, you're, you're probably not going to win that game if that's, if, that's the, you know, if that's the recipe. And I think it's interesting because the game before that was, was a big matchup against the Bucks. Uh, for Houston and they did very well in that matchup and that surprises me because you know that's a team that I thought the Bucks were are a team that I thought would really take advantage of the small ball lineup because they're so big I mean they have Lopez and Giannis and even Middleton's like taller than <laughs> Robert Covington uh, you know and PJ um, and that's that's those are the teams that I think Houston can still surprise and catch off guard 
and I consider the Lakers to be one of those teams too, because that's kind of our, that's our game and they can really pull us out of that. Now, luckily for, for, for most of the teams, when they match up small ball versus like, like for the Blazers, for instance, Nurkic was able to, to play great in this game. Uh, Zach Collins, you know, didn't score a lot, but still did big things for them in 26 minutes. And both of those guys are mobile enough to, you know, recover defensively and still, uh, you know, not be, not be caught off guard by somebody dribbling around them or shooting over them. Um, but honestly, this was, this was a really nice team win for Portland in a huge game that puts them, you know, right on the doorstep of, of being that, that eight seed. I mean, they're only one game back at this point from Memphis. Um, so to kind of give a refresher for those people that aren't uh, caught up, I mean, there's so many games happening. So I'll, I'll just give you a list of the West because the East is Wizards aren't going to do anything. Everything's pretty much chalk on the East. Everyone's pr- pretty much in their spots. But in the West, you have the Memphis Grizzlies at 32 and 37 in the eight seed. Then Portland at 31 and 38 in the nine. And one game behind them is San Antonio. And San Antonio's tied with the Pelicans. So still, there's very much. And then Phoenix is only a half game behind them. There's, it's all really, really close in the, in the bottom tier of the West. And so, like, each one of these games, regardless of the opponent, for those four teams has to be, you know, win or go home kind of mentality. Memphis is 0-4 in the bubble. They might even – like, they're not winning games. They just lost Jaron Jackson, who was, like, a gem just to watch. He was killing. We talked about him on the last pod. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, too, since we're talking about injured players. Two guys go down. Uh, Isaac tears his ACL. And um, Jaron Jackson tears his uh, meniscus. Uh, 0-4 in the bubble, though. They're going to probably lose their, their, their play-in game, too. Like, Portland's right there. And the way that they're playing, we've been very big on them going into the bubble because we weren't expecting – Nurkic to be this fucking good. Nurkic is averaging 22, 12, 4, 3, one, almost two steals a game, and he's shooting 50%. CJ's been killing. Nurk is killing. Gary Trent Jr. is emerging as this really great shooter. Uh, they have every – and I, the one thing I don't like about Portland is I, I do like Zach Collins, but I think he takes a lot of threes that he shouldn't be shooting. I think he's that – I don't think that's there yet for him. I'd rather see him in the post doing the dirty work. I don't need Zach Collins shooting four or five threes a night. Don't like that at all. Right. But the emergence of Gary Trent Jr., that's he's shooting 60% from three. And you got those are three killers on that squad. When you got Dame, CJ, and Gary Trent shooting like that, it was like I didn't even think about Gary Trent going into this, right? Yeah. Um, but he's thriving right now. And we're seeing that a lot of these players are thriving. But we we gotta bring this up, man, because everybody was talking about it on the internet today. And you know, Mello is just being mellow okay and me and you have always been pushing for mellow to be on an nba team he's on the perfect nba team for him right now uh you can see that they don't mind going to mellow he's been used to the he he pulled those two last night like it was no fucking big deal you know uh and since you have to guard dame and guard cj somebody's going to be open and it seems like mellow's just been killing it right now and for all the people that said he was washed and we were not one of them um, he still looks to me like he's got another three or four years if he wants, you know, to, to play that role and come off the bench. Skinny Mello's a different guy, you know what I mean, health-wise. Um, but I'm really happy for Mello, and I want to see Portland get – I would love to see Portland Lakers first round. I know you don't, 
um, because they are it's gonna it's gonna be tough, bro. That would be a tough first round if you get them. That's the that was the whole thing that I wanted to avoid uh, <laughs> with this eight eight nine seed scenario. But like you said, Memphis losing Jaron Jackson, who was literally playing his best basketball of his career in these last few games uh, in the NBA. And that loss pretty much to me solidifies the fact that Memphis, even though they're in the eighth seed, I don't expect them to make the playoffs. I don't think, I don't think, I think they're not even going to make the nine seed. I mean, conceivably they could lose every single one of the next games that they have, even though today they were in a pretty close game without uh, Jaron Jackson playing and they, and they, they played relatively well, but they still lost. If they lose the next four games, Portland, San Antonio, and the Pelicans, if they can if they can win some games, and mostly it's Portland and San Antonio that are actually putting in competitive efforts at this time, my money's on on a Portland San Antonio playing. And from a Lakers perspective, <laughs> I've never wanted to play San Antonio more in my life than 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 in this in this particular moment. But I mean, it seems inevitable at this point that our matchup will be with Portland. They're definitely the best team out of that bunch, out of that grouping. The Pelicans can't seem to win a fucking game to save their lives. Um, and even though Phoenix and Sacramento are, you know, relatively close, neither of those teams, I don't see them making a push in these final four games. So the only good thing that I can take out of uh, the potential Portland Lakers matchup in the first round is something I touched on last episode and that it'll, it'll force us as the Lakers to get into immediate playoff mentality. Like we're not coasting anymore. This is, this is where we have to show up. Like, you know, if we had, if we're facing Memphis, if we're facing New Orleans, I think our mentality might be like, Oh, we got this. You know, it, it might be along the lines of, uh, well, maybe we can rest LeBron and put him on a minutes restriction. We don't have to play Anthony Davis that much. Uh, all of that goes out the window immediately if we match up with Portland. Mm-hmm. And that could be a really good thing because if we take this first round series or, you know, if we don't take this first round serious, Portland could definitely fuck this up for us. Um, and it would also ruin potentially our mentality in that second round. If we're coasting through the first, we get to the second round you can't coast like there's, there's no coasting in the second round of the playoffs in this Western conference. So my hope is that if we do end up playing Portland, that it'll hone us in and it'll, it'll really focus us as a team and get us to that, that spot where we need to be uh, all across the board. I feel the same way though about the Clippers. Cause I think we need to win these games because I don't want to see, Oh, if we drop to three and OKC gets that six, I don't want to see OKC the first round at all. I don't. I, w- I would rather see Houston or um, or Dallas, either one of them. OKC kind of scares me, man. They really they really do kind of scare me. So I think all these games do count. We shouldn't be coasting. I, I don't think they are. It's obvious Portland isn't. Their foot is on the gas, and they're there to get into the playoffs. Dame said going in there, like, I'm packing for three months. Like, I'm planning on being here. <laughs> you know, right. so um, Ben Simmons got hurt today. And it didn't look it didn't look good, man. It was a little awkward. I don't know what happened. I know he's getting an MRI. So when Ben pulled out, like when he kind of felt something in his knee, he was throwing a, a, a post pass from the three point line, and he couldn't. He wasn't bending his foot or bending his knee at all, and then pulled himself out of the game. Walked to the locker room, but it did not look good at all. And you know, Drew, talking about these injuries, the the you know Patrick Beverly, Jonathan Isaac, 
Jaron Jackson, Ben Simmons. This was, this was the concern that the, that the players in the NBA had. That's why they were trying to get these insurances, these million-dollar insurances in case players got hurt. Um, but if Philly does lose Ben, it's going to be really tough for Philly to come out of this, like coming out of the East. You know, you need Ben Simmons in these games. Uh, Embiid has been killing for them, literally killing, men amongst boys. Uh, but did you get to see Ben today or no? So I didn't see the actual injury itself. I had the game on. Mostly, I wasn't expecting this to be a very good game or a very close game. So I was just, I kind of just had it on in the background. You know what I mean? Like it's the Wizards that they're playing. And I'm like, all right, that's not going to be anything. Uh, but then I look at the score and the Wizards were like winning for the majority of the game. They were up, um, you know, and, and it's, it's funny because the Wizards have like the Lakers G League team from about two years ago, essentially, is their like starting core. And then your boy, Jerome Robinson, comes in. Yeah. Um, and this this game really kind of shows what I had mentioned earlier about these lower seeds, just going out there with nothing to lose and, and trying to have fun. Um, but what it does speak for in this particular game is Philadelphia still doesn't have their shit figured out. I we, know, we know it's, you know, they, they came into the bubble. Oh, Simmons is going to move to the power forward. That's a nice thing to, to think about and, and to, you know, to start playing that way. But only having eight games to figure this out, and now it's down to four games to figure it out, that's not where you need to be where you're, you're about to enter, uh, you know, the first round of the playoffs. And it's – they're in the sixth seed right now. Like, they, they don't look promising. And I had them pegged as a, a potential um, – finals matchup in the in the beginning of the season because I thought they were going to figure this shit out and they are not and so especially if Sim, if Simmons is injured and and the rap I saw I just saw a post from from Woj saying that the initial reports on his injury are are positive and that okay. it, it, it shouldn't be uh as far as as far as Woj said it shouldn't be anything long term which is huge but their only hope to make any kind of run this year is if Simmons and Embiid just put this whole team on their back as much as you and I realize that the best lineup for them is to have Horford on the bench and have Simmons come in and start with Shake Milton Shake is also really hit or miss you know it's kind of a flip of a coin whether or not he's actually going to be effective out there and so he hasn't found his rhythm as a starter yet um, and until that happens I don't see them doing any damage the good news for them is that you know if if everything holds at this point they're going to be facing the Celtics. Um, and most likely that seems to be the matchup. Now it's possible Philly leapfrogs uh, Indiana and goes into the five seed, which would change that matchup. But if it stays the same, that's actually a pretty favorable matchup, but the Celtics for the Sixers, because the Celtics are, are pretty small, you know, all things considered, they have Tice who's maybe six, nine, six, 10. And then they got Cantor. And outside of that, they don't really have any bigs. So that's like a feast for Joel Embiid and for Horford, honestly, too. Like Horford can, can take both of those guys offensively. Um, so I think Philly's goal at this point is to try and sync up that matchup. <laughs> because if they go into to play Miami or even Indiana at this point, if they, if they play one of those two teams, of course, Toronto or Milwaukee, I don't see them coming out of that series. But I do think they may have an edge against the Celtics. That's the only maybe silver lining for the Sixers is that if they can figure it out against one team, their best bet is the Celtics that are small. 
you know, if Woj says that this is not long term and that's great, but three weeks, Drew, in the bubble is a really long time. The playoffs are starting in two weeks or less than two weeks. So this could affect uh, the Sixers a lot, man. Without Ben Simmons, you're, you're missing a lot of offense, a lot of defense. And it's a shame because I, I was really looking forward to that. I, it didn't look good to me, Drew. I'm thinking at least, at least two weeks. Yeah, so the, to, to give you the exact post from Woj, it says early indications on Ben Simmons are encouraging no swelling or pain in left knee after leaving the court. So that's really positive. And if it's just one of those things where, you know, maybe it was just awkward and he got a little nervous and a little sketched out about it and then went, went to the back and then took the precautions to not let him play, then that's, that's you know, that's what you want to hope for as a Sixers fan. I want to go – with Woj on something else too. He had a really great take today because it's all been fun and games these first three weeks, right? Bubble people getting adjusted players fishing and, and, and cornhole and like all this stuff. And then Woj came out today and said, you know, things are starting to get a little intense, you know, like Houston and OKC stay in the same, same hotel. Right. And like, they're thinking that like shit's not going to be as sweet come playoff time. You know, uh, they were talking about maybe players have to use separate elevators. Like, people got to be, you know, they don't want to come in contact with each other. And I kind of like that because I, I get I get the AAU mentality and, like, uh, you know, players spending a lot of time with their team. And it looks like a lot of all the players are getting along. You know, LeBron's just walking around the campus. And people that used to idolize LeBron are like, yeah, he's just, he's just LeBron now. He's one of our AAU teammates walking around, walking around the campus. But I think that'll bring an interesting dynamic because, you know, Houston and OKC, they have, a, they have a thing. You know, Clippers and Lakers, I think, stay in the same hotel, don't they? Yeah. So yeah. The, way that, the way that the NBA rolled out the, the living scenarios is the only way they could do it so that there wasn't direct opponents in the first round of the playoffs, right? So because the one through four are in one hotel altogether and then five through eight are in another hotel altogether. So the way that they did that, it was so that there wasn't, you know, you wouldn't be in the elevator if you're, if you're Oklahoma city with Houston, if, cause they're just, they're, you can be in the elevator. They're, they're not matching up against each other. And, and so the, the thing that's interesting though, is that there is like in both the uh, Eastern and Western conferences that four through six, four, five and six seed is very much, fluid like that could be it could go one way or the other in these next couple games so it's potential that for instance if Utah just loses a bunch of games the next four games which is possible and Houston and Oklahoma City leapfrog they could be the four five in that first round and and being in the same hotel and that I think would be awesome that's where that's where you want you want that security footage you want that security cam footage coming through because if CP and and Steven Adams are getting on an elevator and there's Harden and Westbrook happen to be on there. Just, you know, that's, that makes for good television right there. I totally agree. Um, I'm a little concerned about Montrez Harrell, right? Like, we haven't had Montrez. We had Montrez the first week. He's going through it right now. I know we brought it up on the last pod. So Montrez was, has been really pissed off with Clipper fans, like, DMing him constantly. When are you going to hoop? When are you coming to hoop? When are you coming to the bubble? Blah, blah, blah. He's getting really frustrated because he's really going through some shit. And Trez isn't very active on social, but obviously I follow all the Clippers and he's been posting a lot in his stories. This guy's hurting, man. He lost somebody very, very important to him, like his best friend. He posted a picture today of a man whose heart was just ripped out. It was a painting. 
And so he's going through it. Basketball is literally the last thing on this guy's mind right now. He also says things like, when I get back, it's, it's over, you know, like I'm coming with vengeance. But we're really missing Montrez. And I, as much as I, I, I want him back, I don't know if he's going to come, Drew. I really don't. I, I mean, maybe – I think he's going to take another week or, or two, maybe. You know, we're missing him a lot. We missed him against the Lakers. You know, those 36 points coming off the bench with Lou and, and Trez are big for us, man, especially the heart and the charges and the – you know what I mean? The game stoppers. So, you know, I'm praying for Trez. And, I, you know, I sent him a DM. I know he saw it. But I said, I don't – if you don't come back, I get it, you know. Um, yeah. You're going – family's much bigger than basketball at the moment, dude. So, yeah. No, you know, I mean, I hope I hope that he finds, you know, some peace with this, that anytime you go through a loss, you know, I've been there before and that's just, it's rough, man. So I, I totally get it, right? Like if he doesn't, if he doesn't feel like he's up, up to the task of, you know, quarantining and doing the whole bubble thing and, and playing ball, then I get it, you know. But uh, if there is a guy out there that I'm confident that can bounce back from this and, and, you know, hone in and focus in, I do think Trez is that guy, like, but to your point, if you don't have him in the playoffs, that is a huge miss huge. for your roster. Huge. Like, for instance, like the, the game against Phoenix is a perfect example. Like, he would have – he I think he would have done a fantastic job against Aiton, who was, who was really getting whatever he wanted against Zub and against Noah. That is the, is the ideal scenario for Trez to come in and start bullying – a young Aiton who, who is big and all that stuff, but Trez would have dunked on him. He would have fouled him a bunch. He, he probably would have taken some charges. Definitely wouldn't have let him have like wide open mid range jumpers that he was getting time and time again. But that is exactly why you need him. And, and of course, like the scoring is a huge thing. You guys aren't scoring the ball very well right now, especially off the bench. There isn't a whole lot of points coming your way. And we expect that to adjust with Lou Williams getting back into the rhythm and if he does come back, obviously, you know, he's – I would say he's your fourth best player. And, and arguably in, in certain games, you know, in the top three or in the top two best players, he alters games every time he steps on the floor. I respect the shit out of that guy. Like, he, he had to earn every ounce of playing time and every dollar in this league because he's undersized and, and it wasn't given to him. Like, he was very close to being out of the league in those first couple of years in Houston and he's really become, you know, a powerhouse. Like you, you cannot take it easy on him defensively or offensively. Um, he's a game changer for you. So yeah. Think, I, think I about it, man. Plays. That Chris Paul trade was Pat Bev, Lou Will and Montrez Harrell and uh, Sam Decker. Uh, Decker. Yeah. Decker. One of my favorite <laughs> Clippers ever. Jesus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got two, you know, potential six men of the year and Pat Bev who are like, that's the heart of our offense minus, PG and Kawhi. So we came out big on that. I just hope Trez comes back soon. Um, and your best lineup is that small ball lineup with Trez at the center. Like that's yes. the thing. Like that's your closing lineup. And so yeah, without I, that, without that versatility, that means you have to leave Zub or Noah on the floor because without, you know, without Trez, you can't really go small. Uh, I mean, I suppose you could, you could do it with like Pat Patterson or uh, Jermichael, but that's real small. Like that's and those really guys small. Have, those guys have been playing great. Jermichael Green and Pat Patterson have been playing really, really well, hitting their shots. Jermichael's, I think Jermichael is seven for 12, or yes, eight for 12 on three-pointer shooting. Um, and he come, he knows his role. I'm not too scared yet. Actually, I'm not scared at all yet. I want to get our whole squad together. And mind you, like, 
Trez and Lou come in at the end of the first when you're going against other teams, second teams too. You feel me? So that's where we get a lot of the points, a lot of the energy. Um, let's do an all bubble team first okay. week okay. in the NBA because we are officially a, we're a week in, right? We're, yeah. Are we over a week? Uh, yeah, August fourth. Yeah, we're uh, we're almost a week. Tomorrow will be two weeks. Um, no, 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 no. Because the game started on the thirtieth, dude. We're only we're, we're not even a week in. Sorry, dude. Like I've just watched a thousand basketball games. I've watched a se- I've watched a season's worth of basketball in six days, dude. So it just feels like it's been a full season. Um, I got my bubble team. We're gonna pick five players. Okay. Yeah. Who you feel are gonna be, and I think we're gonna have the same squad minus a couple. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think we are. So go ahead and name yours, and I'll see if I have you know if I have any edits, I'll I'll jump in. Okay. Well, uh, first and foremost, T.J. Warren. We both agree on this, right? He's averaging thirty nine point seven. He's shooting sixty five percent from the field. It's sixty one percent from three. Like this guy is in his bag. And if yeah. we don't get, if we don't get to see T.J. Warren and Jimmy Butler play against each other, it is going to be sad for the NBA because it's obvious T.J. can get. But it's so funny again. It's so funny how many fans, T.J. Warren fans, now come out. Oh, I've always said this guy was a killer. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call myself out on this, too, though. The guys that I was talking shit about on the last pod came out and murdered, right? Like, we talk about Van Vliet, career high. <laughs> Fucking Grayson Allen came out. It was just hitting three after three after three the other night. And I'm like, fuck, I got to bring this up. Yep. Because I was talking so much shit. It's funny in that Memphis game, Drew. Kyle Anderson, who they call slow-mo, which we talked about, you know, like literally the slowest guy, didn't hit shit. This guy couldn't hit a fucking thing. And then Grayson Allen comes out and just murders. He hit his first four three-pointers, and I'm like, fuck. I gotta he bring had another 20 on. points tonight. See, dude, that's what I'm – maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just cursing guys. And I never said I didn't like Fred Van Vliet. I love – I do like Fred Van Vliet, but not better than Booker, obviously. Correct. And he, he comes out and has a career high. So – let me get that one out of the way. That's TJ funny. Warren, he's killing. Can he keep this going? Who knows, dude? It looks like he's that guy in this bubble with th- these circumstances where this might be the perfect situation for him. Uh, second is Michael Porter Jr. Like, this guy is 6'10", bro. De- like, Denver doesn't have enough really good big guys. And this is, <laughs> you, know, you know, this is why – First of all, he's 6'10", and he can do everything. And he's not scared to shoot. He can rebound. He can take people off the dribble. He's had two 30-point back-to-back games. Um, His bag is ridiculous. If he can stay on the floor, he's going to be huge for Denver and yet another scary Western Conference team, dog. They are so so scary. And we haven't even seen Jamal Murray play. Jamal Murray's not not even hooping. So we got T.J. Warren, Michael Porter Jr. I know you want to talk about him a little more in a sec. Nurkic, who's like, again, I'm going to repeat, 22, 12, 4, 3, 1.2, uh, 1.7 steals and 50% from the field. And he's just the energy guy. He's the glue guy on that team. You forget when you don't see a player for a year how really good they are. And Nurkic is that guy. So, and if I'm not mistaken, he was, he was on Denver, right? That was his first team? Was Nurkic on Denver? That's yeah, no, that's it's definitely Denver because that they did the, the Plumley. Plumley was on uh, Portland and they traded, so Plumley went to Denver. That's the that yeah, you're right, you're right. But Denver's still scary. But Nurk, so TJ Warren, Michael Porter, uh, Nurkic, and then Luca. Okay, like fucking Luca, thirty-four, twenty, and twelve last night. Who gets that stat? Who gets and, and and you had brought it up on a previous show. 
I don't think you called him fat, but he's not he's not fat. He looks real springy, bro, and quick with the handles, with the dribbles right now. Looks like Luca put in a lot of work. And obviously getting 34, 20, and 12, and you're 21 years old or 20 years old right now. 20, Drew. This guy is a child doing mad work. Like if he continues doing this throughout his career, he might shatter a lot of records, dude. A Absolutely. lot. And I think he looks like a guy that will, stay, like Dirk, stay in Dallas forever. I think they understand how valuable this kid is. This Doncic kid is about to – like he's literally about to break the, every record. Like he's averaging so many points a game, so many rebounds, so many assists. Like if you – you know, all the comparisons back to LeBron James's numbers at this time, he's blowing them out of the water. And so that's, that's, that's the crazy part. So obviously with him, especially at his size and the way that he carries himself – I truly think he's only going to progress physically. We haven't even seen him hit his athletic peak. He won't even hit his athletic peak until he's about 25. So that's another three, four years away. <laughs> so uh, he's, he, yeah, he has everything that you would ever want. And if Dallas lets him go, then, you know, then, they're, then they're the dumbest franchise ever. I think if you take his numbers – well, first of all, we've seen him take a big leap from just last year. You know what I mean? into just how good this guy is. He's only going to get better. You keep Porzingis with Dallas because that's a good nucleus, nucleus to have. And, again, we spoke about on the last show, having shooters surround him, Seth Curry and, and Tim Hardaway and, and all these guys, they look really great. But my fifth man has to be Gary Trent Jr. I know I'm, I've been pro-Portland on this pot since the bubble started, but Gary Trent shooting 60% from threes, um, I'm, I'm big on him right now. Again, like TJ Warren, another guy that's just thriving in, the, in this whole setting. Um, so he's on my first week bubble team. Who do you got? I like that list. You know, I, I think that's a pretty solid list. I would say, you know, especially because we're not, we're not really naming, you know, the super duper stars, right? Because James Harden and, and Giannis and, you know, and Bede, Anthony Davis, all these guys have been playing really solid, but it's pretty much what we kind of expect. I mean, there's nothing out of the normal here. So I think I like this list because it really hones in on the guys that were not expected to do much other than Luca. I mean, Luca's definitely expected to do all that stuff. The, the only other guy that I really kind of want to insert into that, and maybe it's because he got injured, but Jaron Jackson, man. He was killing, man. He was, he was literally lights out. Like, he was just playing – offensively beautifully defensively he was blocking shots and you know in in the right positions and and um so I you know I want to I want to put him in I like your I like Gary Trent you know and I think I think he's a surprise for sure like nobody if if there's one name on this list that's surprising out of everybody it's got to be Gary Trent Jr. I mean the guy was a second round draft pick out of Duke and didn't look like he was getting any run <laughs> and so this you know the fact that Ariza opts out is the only reason he's getting any burn right now. And so to me, this is, this is maybe the, the one opportunity that he's getting. He's absolutely taking advantage of it. Uh, so hey, I but, like, uh-huh. But Drew, he's a dookie second round, right? He's a dookie. His pops is a, is a, you know, 12 year NBA vet. It was just so crazy. It makes me feel so old, bro, because I watch, I used to watch Gary Trent all the freaking time. Like I, I really like Gary Trent. Now his kids killing. Um, but you know, again, yeah. those kind of, those kind of players when given the opportunity, like Trey Burke is doing in Dallas too. Like if you're going to give me the opportunity, all I got to do is shoot. Okay. I got it. I'm with you on Jaron Jackson though. I mean, it's a shame that he's out, but it, you know, as far as Memphis goes, like we said, they, I think that they're going to be a wrap no matter what. Yeah. I, unfortunately I don't think they're going to do much else now, but 
to to go back uh, just just to the beginning of your list there, T.J. Warren. This is this is great. This is like you remember Lynn Sanity. This this is like Warren Sanity to me. I don't know. Like it's, we need it's, a better name. We need a better name. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, his warrant is out for arrest or something like that because he's killing people. I don't, you know, whatever, whatever it is, um, he is lights out. Is is his performance is ungodly. He he just can't miss right now. So definitely deserves to be on that list. But the thing that I wanted to mention is something that you touched on is that is the T.J. Warren Jimmy Butler rematch. And right now, that is the first round matchup. No way, is it Eastern right now? Conference. Yes, Miami's in the fourth seed. Indiana's in the five. I pray and I hope to God we get this because that will be awesome. Now, Jimmy didn't play the most recent game um, because of an ankle injury, but I think they're just, you know, Resting. being extra cautious with him. I think if it was, you know, you know, game three of a series, he would be out there. Uh, but that is something, I mean, I'm watching every second of that matchup for sure. Um, as far as, you know, bubble team, all-star, that might, you know, that maybe makes the list. Jerome maybe, Robinson? <laughs> I was going to say Joe Ingles, and it's not, not necessarily because, you know, he's like shooting his, the lights out or he's, you know, dropping 40 points. He's just awesome. I fucking love Joe Ingles, the Australian Chris Kringle. He was, he's getting into other teams' huddles. He's still like talking, talking a lot of shit on the floor. He's, he's playing really solid defense, uh, and then he will always catch you off guard with a hot bucket if you're not ready for him. So maybe that's just my own personal. That like, is. I'm just, that's, that a, is. that's a little shout-out to, to Joe. Um, but he is stepping up for, for Utah. I mean, they, they need every minute that he's out there without Bogdanovich. And they're still in the four seed right now. They only have a half game up on Houston. So we'll see how that all rolls out. But How close, how close is the 2-3-4-5? Is the so Lakers one, Clippers uh, two, and then Denver is only a half game back in the mm-hmm. three seed from the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And then Utah is two games back behind Denver. Houston is a half game back from Utah in, in the five seat. And then Oklahoma City is only a half game back behind Houston. Uh, Dallas is pretty much solidified, locked in at the seven seed right now, unless something drastic happens. That two, three can change, dude. I can see that, that possibly changing. Um, well, I, I honestly think there's a real chance that Utah drops all the way down to six because if, mm-hmm. if Houston and Oklahoma City keep playing, you know, pretty good basketball and winning games and, and Utah drops three games in a row, like, boom, that's it. Utah's in the sixth seed and they're playing Denver in the, in the first round. I'd like to see Utah in the first round. I'd rather take that three, six right there. You know what I mean? I'd be so fine with that. But I, I don't think – I honestly don't think – the Clippers are going to lose the two seed. I mean, it's only a half game. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I don't see that happening. I mean, unless something, Denver has a couple tough games coming up. So I, you know, maybe, maybe they lose it because it is tight, but I, I still think the Clippers are going to lock in the two seed. Well, we have Nets and OKC in the next, uh, sorry. Yeah. We have Nets and OKC coming up. And just to let everybody know, I will be a virtual fan for the uh, OKC game. I Seriously? will be there. Oh yeah, I will be a virtual fan. Did you? You got you got the the golden ticket. We got the we got the okay, and you know I'm coming in hot, bro. I might even for, so my, for which game? Which game? It's gonna be the OKC game. No, the four. If I'm not mistaken, the 14th. 
Okay. That's when I'm, okay. That's is that is that OKC? Yeah. So August, it's Friday, Friday, August fourteenth. Thunder Clippers. Boom! Your boy Clips is gonna be front and center. Might paint my fucking face if I have to. Yo. I'll bring, I'll bring, I'm going to bring the, the Clipper neon maybe. I got to find the right position in my crib to make sure that this is, you know, all good. But that's your boy's awesome. Gonna, yeah, your boy's going to be on the virtual screen, dude. Dude, that's what's up. So today, little Wayne was a virtual fan for the Laker game. <laughs> he did. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you saw a bunch of stuff coming through on social media for that. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that goes because, you know, it seems like a – a pretty unique experience as far as the virtual fan goes because they put like the background behind you and I don't know how quickly you know like are you are you do you know much about it at this point are you going to be able to watch the game like on your computer and react to it there or no so what you do what what we do is we set up the computer it's like it's like this zoom sash right but what I'll do is I'll set up you know on my table my my big stream will be going and then the computer will be focused on me you know but you got to play right. by the rules because they will kick you out of the very, if you do anything crazy, they will kick you out and ban you. And, um, oh, right. and I'm just planning on being, I don't know, Drew, maybe we should come up with something cool. How do we plug clips in Drew? On I, this? Well, I definitely got to wear, I think that shirt that you're wearing right now, the fall through shirt has to be mm-hmm. on your body. Okay. Uh, and then of course you, you probably rock a clipper hat. I mean, honestly, the way you look right now is how, as I think this, this is pretty solid. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking more. They the, what they encourage you to do is like wear jerseys and wear like t- the colors of your, of your squad that you're repping. You know what I mean? Um, I wonder if we can have like uh, signs, you know, little signs that I can throw up in in front of the camera, or would they ban me for that? Yeah, you got I think you need you need to talk to the to the whoever's whoever's doing the rules. I'm gonna call um, Adam Silver about branding. Gonna, and, yeah, and I'm gonna hit up Adam Silver. Cross promotion. I'll, I'll hit Adam with a text and see what's really good. Uh, they better give me a good seat, though. That's all I'm talking about. Um, anything else? You got anything else right. for these guys for this for this great podcast that we just dropped? I do. I just want to say um, a little piece about Mark, Michael Porter Jr. I know we just you just talked about him. He definitely Please. deserves to be on the bubble list. But you know, for all the excitement that Bull Bull got for scoring 16 points. Um, I'm not necessarily seeing that same type of excitement for a better player who just scored 37 and then 32 in back-to-back games in his first two real games in the seeding in the seeding games. This kid is the quintessential NBA player. Player, yes. <laughs> yeah. This is this is exactly what every franchise is looking. At. I mean, I, I we talked a little bit about Bull Bull, like and and how you know anytime you can get a guy in between six nine and seven feet who is athletic and skilled, um, every single team on the planet should line up for that prospect. Um, and I think the thing that's surprising me is that I thought there would be more buzz about Michael Porter Jr.'s performance to the same level that Bull Bull got. I mean, Bull Bull had two pretty good games <laughs> uh, and they were scrimmages. Like that was, it wasn't even an actual game. And uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is setting records. Like he, this is the first 30 and whatever, 30 and 15 game that a rookie's had for Denver since Melo did in his rookie year. So like this is, it's, I don't think it's their year, but the future could not be any brighter for that organization. I think the they fact- definitely, they have the best future. 
They have the best future going forward. And let's go back on something that we said prior. Yeah, the Bull Bull stuff was great. But we said when these games really count, Bull Bull ain't going to be playing. And he's getting garbage minutes right now. He's not ready. Michael Porter Jr. being 6'10 and being able to do everything that he can do is exactly what everybody – I think the reason why he's not getting the hype is because we kind of expected this from him. Maybe not the the back-to-back 30 pieces, you know, but – we've all seen his potential and the only downfall I really wanted him on the Clippers. We had a chance to draft him, but it was, you know, concerns about the back, the same reason why Bull Bull dropped to 40, you know, 44 in the second round. But I agree with you, Drew, there should be more hype and more people should be talking about him a hundred percent. What, what six ten athletic 21 year old, wouldn't you want on the, on the team, dude? Who does he remind you of though? Like when you think about it, who does he remind you of? Jason Tatum. Because Tatum Tatum continues to grow, so I know Tatum came in the league. Everyone thinks he's six eight. I'm pretty sure Tatum's six ten at this point. Like he's definitely no six. Dude, I'm. He plays power forward a lot for that team, and he's not he's not losing any inches to most guys that he's going up against. So next time, let, let's let's see if we can do some height checks in, mm-hmm. in relativity next next couple games with with Tatum. Uh, but the reason I bring up Tatum is because that's the skill set that Michael Porter Jr. brings to the floor. Now, it might not be as tuned up. You know, he's still a couple of years behind Tatum. Mm-hmm. And in no form or fashion am I thinking that Michael Porter Jr. is going to be an all-star next year. But this is still his rookie season, for, for heaven's sakes, um, after being out the whole year with a back injury. And when you watch, the, when you, when you watch his shooting form, and you watch him attack the rim. Block uh, shots. He's, yeah, he's yes. And all of that stuff. Athleticism. He reminds me of Tatum. I like that call. I want to see what else he can do. I hope they insert him into the, the lineup more, and I think they will. I think they will because I think he's got the green light right now, and that's scary, dude. That's yeah. scary. And without Jamal Murray, like, why just let him play. Like, let get him, him go. out there. Let him get his shots up. Uh, that's the one thing that, that I, I, we can kind of end it on this, I guess. But the fact that Jamal Murray is still not playing is a big problem for this Nuggets team. I, I haven't seen too many minutes out of Gary Harris either. So – you know, anything that Denver does or doesn't do in the playoffs will be dictated by the fact that they may not have their two best guards playing, you know, more than, you know, 80%. So that is uh, the main reason I'm not really nervous about, you know, Denver. I don't, I, I honestly don't see them going very far this year for that exact reason. Unless, want, unless there's something about those two guys that I don't know. I want to say one last thing. We always talk about Tatum, Tatum, Tatum. Jalen Brown is killing right now. And Jalen Brown is not getting any love. We need to show more love to Jalen Brown. You with me on that, Drew? I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and honestly, they need every ounce of, of Brown and Tatum and everybody else because Kemba Walker is not the same player. Uh, Boston is looking at, at, at paying him for another three seasons, and he's got, like, arthritis already, like a 50-year-old man. So that's, that's not good. Give me the 40-year-old Wanamaker, dude, my new favorite player in the NBA. I love this guy so much. Drew, we're going to take him out with a classic today, bro. Exhibit, we're taking it back to 1995. Paparazzi, something that's not allowed in the NBA bubble. Turn it up, bang it. The follow-through is listed. Drew, hey, Drew. Let's go. 
Sometimes I wonder if it's all worth my while Exhibit stay versatile with million dollar lifestyle And I can feel it as a child growing up The niggas I was real and the niggas I was scared as fuck That's why Exhibit only roll with a chosen few You ain't really real, I can tell when I look at you See, he's off the trigger talk, you ain't killing shit It's not affecting me All the niggas that I'm chilling with, I don't believe the hype of my wolf tickets Nigga, you make a gang of noise, it never seemed like a cricket I guess that's why we never kick it A lot of niggas is soft and get tossed trying to fuck with the liquid How many niggas do you know like this? Always claiming that they riding, but they really turn bitch It don't make sense Either you a soldier from the start Or an actor with a record deal Trying to play the part like that This is a shame Niggas in the rap game Only for the money and the fame Ask you large This is a shame Niggas in the rap game Only for the money and the fame Paparazzi It's a shame Niggas in the rap game Only for the money and the fame Ask for large Pulling that card and saying gin, motherfucker. Blowing like liquid. Soak it in, motherfucker. I'm breaking it down. My sound surrounds like death from the West. Putting whole counties to the test. It's all in perspective. Break a one nine copy. This is for the niggas getting caught up in a paparazzi. It's a shame. Niggas in the rap game. Only for the money in the fame. That's for laws. It's a shame. Niggas in the rap game. Only for the money in the fame. Paparazzi. It's a shame. Niggas in the rap game. Only for the money in the fame. That's for laws. It's a shame. Niggas in the rap game. Only for the money in the fame. Niggas most stressed and cross-dressed, but I just played it back. Others going through schemes and pipe dreams for a contract. Real tightly roll, fuck them all how I feel. I made a cool half mil before I had a record deal. Therefore, you look and stare like it's magic. But too much of anything can make you an addict. When devils be starting static, forgot the automatic. I said it all straight, I spread hate, then I vacate for wait. Who dares to cross this path, yo? I see you like math cup with glass, make a bloodbath. So on behalf of all the niggas I get drunk with, smoking blood. I dispose of your punk shit <laughs> And keep it all in perspective Carbon copies getting caught up in the paparazzi Once again, it's the liquidation crew And we return to you like this It's a shame, niggas in the rap game Only for the money and the fame, extra lords It's a shame, niggas in the rap game Only for the money and the fame, paparazzi It's a shame, niggas in the rap game Only for the money and the fame, extra lords It's a shame Niggas in the rap game, only for the money and the fame. Paparazzi, it's a shame.